Rock Strikes. That's rock, it. Rock Strikes 10. Yeah, rock Strikes 10. Oh, I like that. Yeah. This is Ron Keel, the Metal Cowboy, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10. Crank it up and keep it up. And tell your friends. Hey, this is Paul Taylor of Winger, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10. Hey, this is BJ Kahuna from Rock and or Roll, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10 with a name based on a cheap trick song. You can't go wrong, so enjoy. <laughs> hey, this is Craig Smith from the Pods and Sods Network. You are listening to Rock Strikes 10. Hey, this is Greg Renoff, author of Van Halen Rising, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10. Hey, everybody, this is Paul Stanley, and this is Gene Simmons from KISS, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10. And guess what? Just for hearing this ID, you owe me $30. Boom. Hey, folks, this is Sam Kennison, and you're listening to the one podcast that gets me up from the dead. It's Rock Strikes 10. You understand that, you whore? Oh! <laughs> You can't make jokes about the dead, you fucking dicks. Hi, this is Christopher Walken. You're listening to Rock Strikes 10 with dead people like Sam Kennison. Pow! Welcome to Rock Strikes 10! Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. Also, uh, check out the site Podchaser. Podchaser. You can also leave a star rating and a review for this show on this amazing new site that kind of is a nice little catch-all for us podcasters out there especially the rock ones it seems but uh, who knows i haven't dived that heavily into it so yes just drove back in from nashville and boy are my driving arms tired went out there of course to the much hyped and much appreciated nashville rock and pod expo 2 2 and uh had a lot of fun had a blast much like last year it comes and goes so quickly like it's just uh it's almost like what david lee ross says the anticipation is almost as exciting as the actual event itself and man once uh once you get there it's just you're overwhelmed with what to do how to do it and all this other stuff you know and i'm no different or better uh, there were so many people that i was like yeah yeah we'll get together we'll hang out we'll talk and we'll go on each other's shows and shake each other's hands and blah 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 and it doesn't happen like without fail every year so far and just in these two years i have not been able to do all the things that i said it was going to do it's almost like wrestlemania week it's an overload and overdose on the senses but that being said, had a blast. Uh, you know, some regret, but so worth it as well. There were so many cool things that happened. Just to me, your pal Joey here on Rock Strikes 10. Extra, extra special thanks and shout out and all the hugs and kisses to my better half, Nola, who kept me sane and kept things kind of organized throughout the entire event. Not just the actual event itself, but the travel and just, you know, re reeling me in when I needed it and 
you know. Also, of course, my cnjradio.com cohort, Mr. Randy Brown of the Synaptic Empire Radio. He was awesome. He really helped me out getting these interviews recorded and, and giving me some peace of mind and making sure they actually got saved this year and actually recorded. That's a big deal. It sounds like such a small thing, but after last year's debacle, it was just nice having someone like Randy there to make sure it actually happened. So as you could hear at the top of the show, I've become an ID whore, much like last year, and everybody you heard right there, you're going to hear on this episode. We're still going to stick to the same format of Rock Strikes Tim, which we always do. We never break that kind of a format, but we're also going to talk to some friends that we made, uh, old and new at the Rock and Pod Expo, National Rock and Pod Expo 2 this year. So uh, let's get started with a song uh, with someone who unfortunately I didn't get to talk and hang out with, but got to see them perform, and that's good enough for me, damn it. Frank Domino and Punky Meadows of Angel came into town. They attended the expo. They also played the pre-show party the night before, and it was a blast. I never thought I'd get to see Angel perform, and uh, you know, just Frank and Punky right there, that's good enough for me as far as just the name Angel. Getting to hear all the favorites man it was so freaking cool it was just a nice uh, way to set the tone of the night so why waste time enough of my yakking let's boogie this is going to be part one of two by the way of my nashville rocket pot expo to wrap up with conversations galore and some great music while we're at it further proof right here kicking off the show with a favorite that has been played on the show years ago which was uh, on a desert island list by fellow rock and pod to attendee michael butler of the rock and roll geek show getting to hear this song live was the most so kicking off the show and then we're just going to get into the conversations and i'll pop in at the end with my at-home studio person myself so you're going to see expo floor joey for the rest of the episode until the end but kicking off this particular episode it's angel wild and hot
Official Rock and Pod 2 really is the number one Rock and Pod Expo of all time so far. Bigger and better this year. The sequel that is bigger and better and actually delivers further proof. A returning guest from last year. Whether he remembers it or not, that's fine. But Mr. Greg Renoff, author, especially of Van Halen Rising, and you're going to be seeing his name on a lot of awesome books as time goes on. I, I have, if you have even read a chapter of Van Halen Rising, you know this to be a fact. Greg, welcome back to Rock Strikes 10. Thank you for having me on. It's really great to be back here for our second round at the uh, Rock and Pod Expo. And yes, we are uh, looking a larger and uh, more enthusiastic crowd than last year. Say that one more time. Please. Yeah, we'll have a lot. <laughs> A larger and more enthusiastic crowd than last year. Thank you, sir. Uh, a lot of sights here. You have to turn your head and like stare at all the talent that's walking by. Yes, just the cosplayers alone. Uh, we're trying to paint this I, picture. I got, I got distracted for a second. Comic Con. That's all right. It's all right. There's there's actual women here this year. That's the other thing. That's, I I didn't expect that. Well, I, I've done an exact. Your lovely wife who was here last year as well. But I've done a, I've done a uh, census and it is now we are down to 96.5 male as compared to 99.8 last year. So we really made a big step forward. It's officially a larger ladies restroom queue than any rush show that has ever existed. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it yeah. is it is amazing. The, the uh, ratio here is yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 uh, it's a woman's a woman's dream. Let's just put it that way. That's half the reason that I go. To Rick Springfield shows when they come to town because I'm right in there and out. She's like 20 minutes in line. You know, we, uh, just, uh, it's all, the opposite. It's we've the all opposite. seen the Rick Springfield documentary. I'm sure it's like my wife is like, well, oh, you know, watched it on Netflix about a hundred times and keeps going. You know, I should have a girls' weekend soon. Don't you think Rick's playing on a cruise in the Bahamas? Don't you think I should go? And I was like, no, <laughs> no. I saw the documentary. Rick took a shirt off the entire time. No, she can't go. All right. So I asked you general questions about your book last year. Yes. So uh, obviously, maybe keep it a little Van Halen, but it's something different this year. In your opinion, and you can't you can't cheat with Van Halen three. Uh, what is the worst Roth Van Halen song, and what is the worst Sammy Van Halen song? So, wow, the worst Roth Van Halen song. This is this is not a difficult question for me. Uh, I'll wait. Is my least favorite Roth era Van Halen song. Um, Slightly controversial, but the. The, the more uh, roots-based fans will not disagree with that. No, I mean, I, I think I understand the whole impulse of Eddie wanted to get keyboards on the record. It was obviously something he felt very driven to do, but to me, I'll wait just doesn't sit well for me as a Van Halen fan. So it's one of those ones that actually I, I will actually fast forward through. Very rarely will I fast forward through a Van Halen record if I'm listening to a you know an album through a song, and that was the one I'm kind of like, skip, skip. I don't need to hear I'll wait again. Is it Michael McDonald's fault? No, I actually think Michael McDonald actually saved the song because if we're going to talk about the song coming out at all, it wasn't going to come out. So, I mean, I guess we wouldn't have I'll wait if it wasn't for Michael McDonald because Michael McDonald wrote the, the chorus melody and contributed lyrics to the song. But uh, it was, I mean, if it's anyone's fault, it's Eddie's fault because Eddie was determined to put the song out. That was the, the stumbling block that Eddie would not substitute that song for any of the other songs that they had. I theorized at the time that that song was about Valerie Bertinelli. Is that true? I don't, I don't know that to be true. The shock radio question. For no, you. no comment. Worst Hagar song. Oh God. Worst Van that's, Halen. Van that's Hagar. Upper Upper Breakfast. I mean. Ooh, that's it's a, it because not that the music is bad, but the fact that they went for that derivative lift from Why Can't This Be Love, and they looped it the whole song. The, 
I've seen that I song remember, live, I remember, I remember, I, you know, I heard the song and I was like, really? <laughs> Cherries on bananas, yeah, my yeah, that's what we got. That's what we got. So that is, I mean, that is really a low point. That whole era of time, of course, is a low point for oh, Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I could I could go through some of the other records and songs I'm not a, a big a fan of. But, um, yeah, that is, I mean, and I, I, you know, I don't think, I don't think Sammy put an enormous amount of effort into the lyrics, and clearly, yeah. it was working. It was an interesting working relationship between he and Eddie at that time. So, yeah, yeah. My runner-up is Spanked. Uh, oh. More so for the lyrics, of course. Just right. like any Van Halen song, you can forgive almost all the music. One eight hundred Spanked. Yeah, for sure. Call me up on the Spank line. That's what I, you know. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's. I mean, of course, for Sammy, God bless him, he had already written Dick in the Dirt on VOA, and this is sort of a, that a continuation of that B-side, theme. By the that, way. Was, that, was, that was a continuation of the theme, the Dick in the Dirt to Spank. So, I mean, yeah. it's sort of, we kind of knew, you know, we knew who Sammy was, right? Yeah. Sure, Sammy sure. was someone who thought he was, as, as Danny Green of the Minnesota Vikings would say. So, I don't think one cent of his property was paid for by Dick in the Dirt. <laughs> Upper Breakfast actually probably put on something. No, I, sadly, because it, it it lucked out being on that best of. Well, I mean, I think Dick in the Dirt is the epitome of filler. Oh yeah. It's like we need one more song. What do you got, Sammy? Oh, yeah. Dick I don't in the know. Dirt. What did Richard say? Yeah, like, exactly. Was, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, oh my God, Richard. Oof. It's it's just all the bad, all the bad. All right. So I didn't ask you this last year, and I've been doing this with the bigger stars of the expo, and since well, you are one of them, oh, you're, you're very flattering. I'm not being facetious here. Um, I can't write the way you write, so you've got talent, my friend. Um, Gun to your head, favorite album of all time. That is a really, really tough question. Uh, I will, I will do a non-Van Halen, so I, sure. I won't, uh, I won't go there. I, you know, probably favorite album of all the time, honestly. ACDC for those about to rock is one that has stuck with me for years and years and years, and I always say to people that I actually like it back better than Back in Black, and people are like, "Really?" But nothing wrong with that. Let's yeah. get it up, man. Yeah, yeah. That whole record, I just love the way it sounds and the songs, and and for me, there's the burnout factor. Like I'd say, I could have said Led Zeppelin four, of course, and a lot of the other Led Zeppelin two, but there's that burnout where you're sort of heard Radio. so much, and you know, uh, with uh, for those about to rock, it's not. I never got burned out. Yeah. They might play the title track sometimes on the right. radio. But Nothing else, really. It's it's like Power Edge. It's one of right. those you could put on and not be bored right. with any other. Right. We were just talking about that album in the car, actually. Yeah. And it was a number one album. That's Most people don't even know that. It charted number one. I did not know that. Yeah. It, may, I guess it makes sense after Back in Black, but I didn't know it had done so yeah. well. It was the momentum made oh, that yeah. a number one. And yeah. There, yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I just love the way it sounds, the songs, the playing, the performances. I just think it's a brilliant, yeah. a brilliant record. And... And, of course, to follow up Back in Black with something that strong is something, too, yeah. So, you're obviously enough of an ACDC fan. Are those pictures old, the ones that surfaced a few weeks ago? Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I know it's a, uh, a debate that's still, I guess, ongoing. You tell me. I, I, I tend to believe they're probably, probably new. I mean, I would think so. I mean, Phil, uh, when was the last time Phil Rudd and, and Brian Johnson were in the same place at the same time with Angus? I don't know, but what do you think? Well, I, I, Butler put it to me pretty well last night at the pre-show. The photographer that posted those has a lot of respect in that community. So since it was presented as new stuff, if it proves that he was a liar about it, then he's going to get tarnished over it. So I'm going to go with 
I think it might be on again. Right. So this did just pick up on some message board where, uh, you know, like uh, yeah. Angus fan 123 posted on some message board, some photos. Yeah, this of is it. a legit photo. Right. So they claim that this well, is done uh, well. So. You know, I was I was not a a hater of the Axel Angus ACDC idea. Some people were very very militant against it. But I like the novelty of it. Yeah, and, and, and I, plus you know he's a real fan. That's the other thing. And I, I thought Axel did a good job singing uh, on the tour, but yeah. it's, I'm, I'm obviously happy that Brian came back. You know, and it sort of all comes full circle back to Van Halen. It's always the thing that we had always hoped with Sammy Hagar back in the day that oh, you know, Sammy's joining Van Halen, but. Guess what? You know, if Roth is going to come back, and Roth, of course, never came back until decades later. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to ask you one more Van Halen question sure. since you brought it up. With the trend that started pretty much at the dawn of the millennium, the way rock and roll went on a commercial level. So we were coming off the high of the Kiss reunion. They were not able to capitalize on their reunion with Psycho Circus. It's pretty much a done deal that it did not save their recorded output as far as being a new new right. studio album right. and I feel like overall that almost probably hurt every act that would be associated with them in that genre so I'm going broad based here do you feel that if the supposed Tabula Rasa happened the one that was being worked on supposedly as the early 2000 with the Roth lineup back intact the, apparently the quote lawyers killed it do you feel that if they had been able to step it up, get that album done, they still got, it's a few years removed, but the the MTV thing had happened, and you could still build off that momentum and the excitement of what was to come of that, especially in 2000, where they're still younger than they were when they pulled the trigger finally. Do you feel there would be a seismic change in the way rock and roll albums in the industry itself was going, would have helped it get up to that level to where they could probably play the Super Bowl that would have been easy, because if Kiss can do it, they could do it. They, the Roth reunion would have made that as big. You know, for me, the thing and I always stadium tours right. and the whole thing. The thing that I always come back to is with that with that comparison is that although Gene and Paul obviously have their differences, it seems like they they know how to work together. They know how to basically say we are in this as a, a a commercial endeavor as partners, and we we will we will march forward together. There's never really been that type of relationship between Eddie and and Dave, and since maybe like. 1982 or something like that, 83 before things really started falling apart so the, the idea that they could ever take it to that level I have trouble believing that because I think somewhere along the line something would have derailed even if the record came out that there would have been some sort of especially as volatile as Eddie was around that time period oh um, yeah I didn't think about I, that that's a good point actually so you have I mean I think that's the thing is that you have yeah. with I mean maybe that would have changed because you know this would have been 2000 when Sammy came back in 0304 and he was describing in his book how bad off Eddie was. Right. Maybe he wasn't like that right. in 2000. Right. But, um, you know, I'm one of those guys that actually is the romantic, like, I thought different kind of truth was going to bring rock and roll back forever, back to mainstream. I thought it was that good tattoo aside. I thought it was that good to spike and bring back everybody and bring in some new ones, too. Sadly, it was not to be. But, you know, it, you know, I'm glad they went out and glad they did it because I'm right. glad they got to see him with Rock. Right. I would have never been able to see it right. otherwise. Saw it twice. But I just feel like with people still buying Rock albums in 2000, that could have set a seismic uh, shift. I, listen, I think for me, 
and I think anyone else is a Van Halen fan, to hear if you really know what, what you're referring to that early period of time, they know that they were in the studio working and they did a number of songs with Michael Anthony and Alex and they were the original lineup and they actually had gotten somewhere close to getting something done where we could have a record to have that now be shelved and put in a box in Eddie or Alex, you know, Alex's basement and never see that again. It's, to me, it's... Not it's, until they die. Uh, it's, until they well, die. Or maybe never. I mean, maybe that's the thing, maybe never because... They might have a clause in their will. They, I, I, I you know, uh, if, if, I'm certainly Eddie Van Halen, I guarantee you, is well aware of what happened to Jimi Hendrix and his legacy, and for better or for worse, there's been some great post- Post uh, posthumous Jimi Hendrix records has also been some horrific ones, and yeah, um, you would sure. think that if Eddie wanted to make sure that didn't have to happen, he would be able to say, uh, "That's not happening. We're not. Yeah. You're not going to be able. To, no one's going to be able to ex- exploit my music after I'm gone." So I don't know. I mean, who knows what'll happen? But he, like he has, he's had the uh, he's had the example of that. So yeah, and that's a big variable you brought up. Of my, despite the fantasy scenario I had of this comeback, the fact that they need to be able. If, if they want to make it work, they got to work together, and they they seem to be on again, off again because of that reason, and it's a shame because I think a big difference could have been made in the overall history now of hard rock and heavy metal. Well, again, especially because they had gotten far enough where they had done recording and they had recorded songs. That yeah. is, you know, frustrating. Right. So they wrote something, they recorded something, and there was there was something that could have been finished and put out. So that is frustrating. It wasn't just sort of guys sitting around the table arguing, should we make a record and or who what lawyer says this? I mean, you know, they made music, and so now we'll never hear it probably. And, my feelings aside, do you think that the, even just their fan base has been unfair to different kind of truth? You know, if you don't like it, that's fine. No, I, I, I do know. like it. I think, I think, cause, cause considering my expectations were fairly low based on what we had seen from from um, the Other past with the, with this sort of thing, everything falls apart, nothing ever comes out. When they said they were putting out a record, it was sort of a surprise to me. And then I was like, well, what kind of record is it going to be? And then if it were to come out, it'd be as good as it is. You know, I, I personally think it's a step below the original six. That's not exactly like breaking news for anybody. It's hard to, it's hard to Right. I mean, it. right. No one's going to say like, oh, well, different kind of truth, then 1984, then fair warning. You know, that's not realistic. But it is it is a, a good rock record that I think will stand up over time. I don't think it's a record that it, 20 years from now, people will go, that's not any good. So to have Eddie be able to play with Dave on those records and Dave... They thought Dave did a a uh, great job with the lyrics, especially especially because yeah. the lyrics are really Classic remarkable. Dave. Yeah, yeah. It really harkened to. I'm a fan of the Your Filthy Little Mouth album. I love overly Buddha philosophy, Dave, and he inserted as much as he could into that album without going too far. Yeah. Like he did on that record. Yeah. But I love them for those reasons. Yeah. So that's yeah. All. Very cool. Very cool uh, side of his personality with all these this. Uh, yeah, he draws on so many different facets of, of culture. It's really cool. Okay, so full circle back to your, I put you on the spot, favorite album. You picked For Those About to Rock by ACDC. What song would you, this is your radio station for the next few minutes. Last year when I was here, the song I played was a... Do you remember what you played last year? I do, I do. What a Fool Believes, I believe, right? Hey. So I will I will play as my, uh, my uh, going away song this time around. How about we play... Uh, Shoot the Preacher Down by Bullet Boys. Oh, wow, we're going, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Ted Templeman produced. That's a tease for later, maybe next year. Thank you for coming on. Hey, you're welcome.
and watching late night TV. He saw a scared man came up to me and said, Hey man, I take my hand. Look at him. I said, No, 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 Mister, please. You can't bring a bad boy to his knees. Got a subtle way to say it out of town. the preacher down. Rocket Pod 2, Nashville, Tennessee. You should be here. You blew it. But I'm here, and I'm with a, um, especially an, an infamous character from Na the first Nashville Rocket Pod Expo. We won't go down that rabbit hole too far, but I say uh, not as infamous as Michael Butler was last year, but he did make an impact, and that's what that's what it's about in show business. So, John Lamoureux from the Hustle Podcast, I gotta say, 
all the uh, weirdness and hatred, and we've actually gone back and forth online a few times. Uh-huh. So we recognize each other as self-deprecating podcast hosts. So we're really actually, it's a sign of self-loathing. We're more alike than we probably think we are. So, John, I want to thank you for being a big fan and coming on the show today. Sure, of course. I do love the format of The Hustle. I think thank it's you. a great idea. Thank you. I'm constantly fascinated by how they still manage to make a living especially in this day and age, which is obviously one of the big elephants in the room right. about the music industry. Um, the thing that I'm really fascinated with still is that everybody talks about streaming now and the lack of money in streaming, that they just pay shit. And they know they pay shit. Now they've been outed. There's even a breakdown of how much each right. company pays, which is shit. Yeah. So I'm assuming Terrestrial Radio still plays the game of paying properly through ASCAP and BMI and whatnot. How much do you think anybody left from Boston makes just off the first album on a daily basis? Well, <laughs> other than Tom Scholes or whatever his name is, I don't know that anyone makes anything off that. I mean, you can like just go into a car right now, yeah. pull a dial, and hear something off the first Boston It's album. probably true. I, I have heard now, something I've learned from my podcast is people have different... Uh, agreements, different situations where if they wrote it and they produced it and they sang on it, then they get different points here and there. Uh, I've heard various estimations, but it looks like people make about 90% less today than they did back in the heyday on their hits and on their record sales and stuff like That's that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And we know why they tour till they die. It's oh, like, absolutely. You have to. Yeah. So, what is uh, What was your biggest preconceived notion coming today? Uh, versus last year when you had no idea what I really didn't have any this time I it was funny I was telling my wife the other night last year I was so nervous because I know that I'm kind of nobody knows who I am really this is largely hard rock and heavy metal which Good company, yeah. yeah well you got the rock you got the black t-shirts on and the rock logos and everything I'm this pop guy that's you know in Denver nobody knows who I am I'm not part of like the heavy metal brotherhood so I was so nervous last year about what am I going to wear, what am I going to say, how am I going to act. And this year I just was like, I know a handful of people, they know me, and that's got to be enough. And for, for those of you, for the benefit of radio, since you can't see this, uh, and I'm sure John deals with this on a daily basis, John, six what? Six eight. Six, six eight. Yeah. And last year, I remember this, <laughs> you were wearing a Grace Jones t-shirt. I was. Because I'm the guy that goes to a Slayer show, like with this gentleman here, and look for that guy that's wearing the Taylor Swift shirt, or what have you. That's my favorite thing to do at any event I go really? to. So you're my like one of my favorite people oh, good. last year. Well, good. I'm not principal. Oh, so, good. Yeah. I'll wear the, I'll go to a Slayer shirt, but I'll wear the Buffy Slayer shirt right. with the parody logo uh-huh. on it. Okay, yeah, so anyway. It's interesting that you realized last year that you like me so much, and yet you don't like me, and you make it clear on Facebook that you don't like me. One time, we got into a big to-do. I wasn't, Who I wasn't, started this big to-do, Joey? Part of the, okay, I was trolling Mitch LaFon about his his big, big shoes about just, see, here's the thing, Mitch LaFon, Mitch is a friend of a friend. Okay. He's a very powerful podcaster. I've heard I'm of him. I don't know. I'm scared of him like everybody's scared of Sharon Osbourne. Okay. But there's a handful of us guys that will call him out on his shit because we feel like, as nice as Mitch is, he lives in an Eddie Trunk esque kind of bubble. Mm. Mitch has a better record collection than Eddie Trunk does, by far. Okay. He gets a little bit further out there. The Canadian thing helps, in my opinion. Okay. It gives you a little bit more personality and leeway in where you go. 
but he hates everything 90s. He seems mm. to, at least anything that is part of the counterculture, the alternative culture. He hates it on principle. I don't know anybody that could hate, that loves heavy music, that can completely 100% hate on Nirvana, but he's one of those guys. Okay. And I like to give him shit about it. So I was already in this beast mode about him trolling the Smashing Pumpkins tour, and now he's like, oh, the ticket sales are light. I'm like, your audience doesn't give a shit about this, so you're just saying it to be a douche. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was going with it that day. Okay. So John jumps in, and you know, now I'm getting dogpot a little bit, because I'm on a fucking Mitch page now anyway. Okay. I am... I'm not even trying to be the popcorn troll guy. I don't talk shit just to talk shit. I defend my favorites. Mm-hmm. So I take those things personally because I'm not trolling. I don't consider myself to be a troll. Okay. You, get, you get caught in the web and all this other jazz. Right. So why do you hate the Smashing Pumpkins, John? <laughs> I just I cannot get behind Billy Corgan's voice. It bothers me. And I'm, I'm hypersensitive to voices. There are certain people... Whose singing, uh, whose song, uh, you know, singing voice is just—it's nails on a chalkboard to me. And it doesn't matter; the music behind them can be great, and but I can't deal with it. And so three—that's all you needed to say. You never said that the whole time. Well, you got—you jumped out my throat all of a sudden. Let me, for your listeners, let me tell you what happened here. Friends of the show. Friends of the show. For the friends of the show, let me tell you. So. Within the span of a few days, two people I knew posted something about Smashing Pumpkins. And I made the mistake of, I don't remember who did what, but I I made the mistake of forgetting that all of us in podcast land are all sort of connected and know each other a little bit. And so I must have posted something similar on to two people that you know. And I think I said something like, I wish there was a barf emoji or something like that because I just don't like smashing pumpkins. There is, actually. Is there a barf emoji now? Okay, good. Well, then I'm going to go after that. I'm going to post on every smashing pumpkins thing ever with a barf emoji. So anyway, one of the times that I did that, you replied something like, is that all you can say? You bring nothing to this conversation. And I'm like, well, hello, person I don't even know. Why are you calling me out? I'm allowed to not like Smashing Pumpkins if I don't want. I don't even know you. I mean, I've seen the name, but I've never spoken with you. That seems like an odd thing to do, to like get mad at me uh, online for not liking a band that you're into. And it sparked this kind of back and forth thing. All right, let's continue this later on today. Oh, we're done? I'll have you back if you'd like. Okay. Um, Sorry, I have to go. This is my bad. Okay. Uh, What song would you like to play for the listeners? Anything, go ahead. Uh, Go format. I want to hear... Heartbreak Beat by the Psychedelic Furs. Good pick. Okay. Thank you. I'll see you soon, John. Okay.
There's a perfect kiss Somewhere out in the dark But a kiss ain't enough And the world don't stop Every time that you come Pot Expo 2, Nashville, Tennessee, Rock Strikes 10, CNJ Radio represented. Thank you, extra special thanks to Randy Brown for controlling this recording situation here. I'm now the producer. Yeah, <laughs> Randy is now, Randy is actually producing these episodes for Rock and Pod. We're going to flip it from what we normally do on the Synaptic Empire. There's your plug for the day. You still have to edit, though. I will, yeah, of course. Oh, that's course. the worst part. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, it's all right. Hey, that's, uh, who's that? That's, uh, that's Craig Smith. No. From the Pods and Sods Network. Hey. One of my favorite 
podcast that I actually legit believe you should be subscribed to. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Greg and his co-host Eric are fantastic citizens, not just of rock music, but the world in general. And it's yeah. a pleasure to have you here on Rock Strikes Ten. It, it's a pleasure to be here, and I love talking to you. But but where's Nola? Like I came over here for. I know. She's uh, she's out. She's out buying a record for Randy Brown at Third Man. Wow. Because you can't get it anywhere else. Wow, that's. Didn't sleep twelve hours. Yeah. She, wow, that is a. She's on. She she's doing that like amazing thing where she's on a lunch run, and she's nice enough to go get this record. That's and, pretty great. And then she's gonna check the tire pressure, and then she's gonna be right back. I, I, this is this is a good setup. I, I can mar- dig I'm, this. I'm married well. I'm. I, yeah. don't, I don't deserve her, but anyway. So. And let me say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Craig and I have a lot of mutual interests. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to figure out where to go with the positive or negative on this one. Now... Well, if you know a negative, we can we could definitely... Uh... Okay, I got one for you. Okay. Um, the Beach Boys. Yeah. So, just, just smile. For me, just smile. Maybe Pet Sounds, I don't know it well enough, but anything before that makes me... It decalcifies my spinal column whenever I hear it. I can almost understand the before. Okay. Anything before that is genius is definitely overplayed at this point. There's okay. I could maybe put an album's worth of the the quote unquote filler or deep tracks yeah. and make a phenomenal record out of that okay. that people haven't heard. But I always say, man, that sixty seven through seventy two input is where people really should focus on. You said you've attempted it before. I, I, I actually you know what, I don't mind smiley smile. Uh, but there have been tracks that people have given me that, that just didn't jibe with me. Okay. And they're like, and this is this is probably a bad example because it's probably a great song and I don't remember it. But a friend of mine will be like, Funky Pretty is, is the best song you'll hear. That's a, that's a good song. It's okay. pleasant. I see it okay. live, actually. Oh, okay. I well, there you Bloody go. I saw Chaplin sing that with Brian Wilson. So oh, well, see? Getting to see the original Vessel do it yeah. kind of amps it up for you. Right. And then the fact that there's more legit Beach Boys in Brian Wilson's band currently than there are in the one that actually oh, tours. Is that the case? They call themselves the Beach Boys. Okay. It's just Mike Love and Bruce Johnson and the Beach Boys. But really, all you need is Mike Love. Isn't that isn't that the truth? No, Come on. not for a I was being setting. facetious. Don't take oh, that God. seriously. Oh, Jesus Christ. Goodness. See, I don't know. I'm not a fan and I know I Mike know. Love's a dick. <laughs> I had a chance to get his book on a discount. Still didn't do it. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Yeah. Because I, I haven't even read Peter Chris's book all the way through. It's rough. Be- and I feel like it would just be a sequel of that, really, yeah. honestly, at the end of the day. Yeah. So, is there anybody that's more lucky to be in that biz- this business than Mike Love or Peter Chris? Honestly, <laughs> but especially uh, Mike Love. There are a few that uh, that I can think of, and I'm probably going to save them for when I'm uh, sparring with Mr. Brian Jacobs on our uh, podcast episode that we start up today. Yeah. So, um, myself and Craig, let's say let's go back to the positive here. Yeah. So I was just going to say. I feel like. Uh, as far as, let's say this bubble, and yes. I'm not trying to put all of us here in an Eddie Trunk-esque bubble here, yeah. because we're not all like that. I feel like we are on a two-man island of an appreciation of the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, good God, When yeah. it comes to our fellow brethren here. we cannot Absolutely con- in this room, yes. We cannot convince them otherwise. No. It's a shame. Yes. Because, uh, I'll be honest, uh, I remember actually getting into it with a very... Um, well-known podcaster by the name of Mitch LaFon oh, yeah. recently because he trolled the fact that the ticket sales were light from yeah. the early onset of this current tour Yeah. to which I said they'll show you. Yeah. And when I got to the building from my place, yeah, the ticket sales were not sold out into the rafters. Right. 
but it was a healthy bottom and floor area. Yeah. Now, I think the word of mouth on this thing will not only like make this the best tour of the year, oh. but I think they'll be able to come back for more now, and they'll Agreed. be back in bigger numbers. This tour was, I've, I've seen them all. I've basically seen them all at this point. Right. Um, icons of this world and the best bands you could ever see in a club. Yeah. Top 10 shows I've ever been to was this tour. Yeah, and I, I, I would agree. I messaged you from the seat of the venue. Yes. Because I knew you didn't have a ticket at that point. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't going to go. Make a point. You yeah. will regret it if you don't go, and that's all I, th- I well, said. I once I saw clips, I was like, I can't miss this. And they sounded so good. And, and, uh, and not even... I, I didn't spot one track... Oh, it wasn't no. on a keyboard. No. No, no. no singing tracks, no extra no, it was, up, you know. No, that was 100% live. Yeah. And uh, I kind of wish that I wouldn't have known the set list going in. Ooh, I never checked. Uh, see, I checked. So you, you went in there, you didn't know. I went in cold. Oh, God. So getting even just random shit that I didn't know I wanted to hear. Yeah. Like the beginning is the end is the yes. beginning. I went, wow. Now, that was the only part of the show that I thought might have had, like, um, a pacing issue. Like the yeah. bit with that and try, try, try. It's it's real. It's real emotional. Yeah. The at there. the end there, it was it was a little bit uh, starting to get a little bit. I mean, it was yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a deal breaker by any means. Yeah. But. I mean, for, Mar- for Martha, like, got me fucking crying, and then well, like, just yeah. And by the way, spoilers. Too, on the air. But between like, you know, that um, to Sheila mayonnaise. All of those were during a stretch where there was a dude right on the floor, like, talking, and it was louder than the music for us, and totally ruined that three-song stretch, and it was a huge bummer. But aside from that, just mind-blowingly emit tears so many times. Yeah. Billy hitting all the right nostalgia buttons, and you wouldn't expect him to be doing it, you know? Yeah. I'm like a guy that's actually, like, I, I feel, I mean, just even past the show... I thought that uh, it Oceania, I never say it right. Yeah, the, that's why. one of the greatest unheard albums of this decade. I think it's incredible. Yeah. The pro- incredible. My Love is Winter, so great. Production is top notch. Oh, man, it's a it's a killer record. Yeah. I love Everybody it. Everybody needs to hear that record. Love it. I could talk for an hour on this show, but you, I mean, that is the best show I've seen all year. Yeah. Without a doubt. I don't yeah. think I'll see a better one. Oh, no question. My, my concert schedule is now light because of it. Yeah. The only thing that's come close this year is ELO. That was a great show. That was it. But it was... It was great, but it was what I was expecting in a sense. Right, right. Top-notch musicianship, 12 people on stage, yeah. doing it all, no tracks. Yeah. And uh, it's a great show. You should go see it if you get a chance yeah. in your town. But I won't see a better show this year than Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins delivered. Yeah. So I could, I could talk with you all day, Mr. Craig Smith, but uh, I'm just going to go with... Uh, I'm going to ask you just a random music history, personal history question. All right. Okay, the first thing that popped in my head... And, uh, you know, instead of just doing a shuffle thing, I'm going to try to narrow it down a bit for you. Okay. Uh, you know, we generally are, we generally lean hard rock. We're pretty much all six decades of rock are included here. Yeah. It's a lot to uh, sift through if I'm just saying, hey, pick a song. Yeah. But what do you think is a really great cover song that everybody should hear that they probably maybe never heard? Let's say half of my audience has never heard it. I'll give you one. Okay. It's a Smashing Pumpkins one. Oh, wow. wow. A band? By, by them or? No, uh, somebody covered them. Okay. That, that's hard to do. Yeah, but this one gets it right. Okay. Uh, and the song, which also might be a, a surprise, is Set the Rate of Jerry. Wow. Performed by... A B-side. A B-side, and an incredible one at that. Yeah, yeah. 
performed by Zoloff the Rock and Roll Destroyer. I know who that is. Do you? That's a good one right there. I, I one of, one of the things that makes people really go, hey, what, what the hell? Yeah. Is when I'm shuffling in the car and their cover of Say 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 comes yes. on. Yes. With real big fish. Yep, yep. I'm like, how did that even happen? First that that guy played on one of my uh, horrible cassettes. His work was good. Uh, <laughs> Vince Ratty, the guitar player of Zoloft, nice. played on on my meager four track cassette bullshit right out of high school. Wow. And so uh, that's how I know them. Uh, and then uh, I discovered that, and I was like, wait, that's the same guy. I remember that guy. But they, their cover is so good. And a female vocalist will get me every time. That's fair enough. Right? She's, she's got a very pleasant voice. Oh, my God. I could listen to her for yeah. days. Well, I didn't, when I, this is the, when I woke up this morning, I didn't think we'd be doing a Zoloft reference. Yeah. But apparently she has covered Set the Ray to Jerry. I must hear this right now. Yeah, it's real good. Real yeah. good. All right. Craig Smith, thanks for coming on. Rock Thank Trek you, Center. sir. Appreciate it.
was kind of the second slash first time because yeah. I lost half my audio last year at the Expo. Oh, okay. And I believe this is one of the guys. No, I think I made it. I Did think you I made make it, it on? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I've, I've slept since then. Um, <laughs> man, this is the part of the Expo where you're kind of on fumes. So I yeah. figured it was no better time than to talk to my friend, uh, I'll, we'll just call him Baco still, yeah. for professional courtesy. Yeah. Um, Baco is one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, I told him on his show, it's one of the only podcasts, I won't name other names at this time, but I am current on Covers and Fire. I guess I damn sure better be, because they have me on enough. Uh, yeah. So, Baco, welcome back to uh, Rock, Rock Strikes 10. Yeah. Thank you, Joey. Happy to be here. Um, good, good. You've talked to all the important people, so thank you for coming over and talking <laughs> to me. Oh, hey, man, you know you're on my list. I, I know, I know. Uh, so, I don't think we talked about this last year. Um, this is going to sound like weird because it sounds like how are the current events? But is like, this a sex talk? No, yes. No, no uh, you would have brought your wife if that yeah. was the case. Um, <laughs> there you go. Then we could have had a little therapy. No, no, okay. So we talked briefly about the Prince thing last year. Oh, okay. Uh, local reference here, mm-hmm. Baco from Minnesota. Um, what's uh, is is it still in the air over there? Like. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's going to be like Elvis is probably in. in uh, where is that? Memphis. Where? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, we're like they're kind of turning Paisley Park into Graceland. Uh, it's it's it turning into a touristy thing. Uh, his music is on the radio more than it ever has been, uh, which is even is, over there, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Uh, it. Uh, it, it, it's 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 almost become like this thing that we all it's it's ours now, you know. And, and I'll tell you this: one thing that because Prince basically moved and had homes in like California and did a lot of business out there. Sure. But but it, it matters for whatever reason to the people of Minnesota that he never left. Yeah. In a certain sense, you know, yeah. he always stayed connected to Minnesota. He home base. Yeah. He, so he, he you know he, over his career he would reference things a lot of times and. And so, yeah, we, we, we take a lot of pride in him. Not my favorite artist of all time, but probably one of the most respected. Um, yeah. Have you gone? I, no, not on a tour. I've been to Paisley Park. Oh, you've been inside? No, there. not in, no. We went out there after his death. Oh, okay. They had all this kind of like tribute stuff going on. Sure, yeah. And so yeah, but you couldn't go in at the stuff. time, and you know, yeah. it was you know, just a few days after, yeah. but... I'm, we're, we're, I'm really wanting to go, so... I, I'm, I'm, I was talking to Craig Smith about this earlier. Uh, I kind of take it for granted that I can go pretty much whenever. And we're it's just a, like... Yeah, it's about an hour away, so it's like, yeah, I'll go I'll go when Joey comes. Okay, great. There you go. It's, it's a date. I, I, I know he never wanted us to go through all these rooms, so I know before I walk in, I'm going to say a little, I'm sorry, but I must do this. Yeah. <laughs> just an, an internal thing. What do you think about them kind of going through the vault and dumping all this stuff out there? Because I don't think he wanted it out. Well, I mean... I mean, I the mean, guy released everything he wanted to. In a sense, but, like, whenever... I, I mean, I've read... I, I already read a lot of books about him before this, but now that there's more books coming out, I'm trying yeah. to stay up with him. Um, whenever he'd get into those things, especially when he was in the bad contractual things, he would dip into there to be like, here's your fucking album, Warner. This is from the vault. Okay. He literally has the vault release. And, and um, a lot of Chaos and Disorder is vault stuff. So he dipped in there, but only when he was just kind of like, hey, "There's your fucking record, okay? Just can I get out of the deal finally, please?" Who has a better vault, him or Gene Simmons? <laughs> Prince, his his B, C, and unreleased demos are better than most people's yeah, A sides, no and good. you know that to be true. Um, he's By the way, the Gene Simmons vault—not to get too far off set. 
Um, it is the perfect example of how far, and that, take the experience part out of it because sure. that, that's very cool. It should be great yeah. every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just shows you how accepting KISS fans are of garbage. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it, but, uh, but I, I have. I have because I'm actually being genuine about it. I'm one of those weirdos that, like, I don't even like to go listen to the single on YouTube. I wait for the record. I do the headphone bit by myself. And, you know, almost in the dark, you know, like... Okay. And so once Gene wants the regular-ass people to hear the yeah. vault, that's when I will hear the first note from it. It's when I can put it in my goddamn hands, win, lose, or draw. That's how I'm going to hear the first note from the vault. It so. sounds like Gene sent someone to places like this to buy bootlegs. And then he did... There's absolutely no effort to clean these things up. Oh. They're just dumped on there. And I'd, I'd have to do a count, but it's somewhere between 60 to 70% of the stuff was released in some format. Oh. So you got 150 songs, but you don't get all this new music. And you get, like, seven versions of the same song. Because I was really hoping for, like, hey, here's something that I did most of that wound up on the Keel yeah. album. Here's something from a Dora record. There is stuff, there's, a, there's a couple things like that. Okay, that, that's, that's um. what I want. But I don't think I'm going to be lucky enough to get like 80 year old that I want because I think that's a I think of the demos that have surfaced out of their collection so far, I still think you're all that I want is the most quality of all the songs. Honestly, I do believe. I that. do think that's a great song. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll just say I'll wrap it up with this that like there isn't really there wasn't one song that I liked. I mean, like, like probably, but nothing that wow. I was like, wow. Wow. This, uh, you know, unless I've heard it before, like Sword and, not Sword and Stone, uh, what's the one that him and Paul got in a fight over? It's My Life. It's My Life, yeah. Which is, would have been a hit for them legit in the 80s. Yeah, I think Everybody so Everybody knows it, but Paul Stanley, for some reason. And it's, I wrote the chorus, the music. <laughs> Our second Paul Stanley impression today, you know. Oh, who's got, the first one? Oh, come Craig on. Craig Gass? Yeah, of course. All right. That's our boy Frankie. Oh, it's our friend Frankie. Okay, fuck that guy. Okay. <laughs> we got to get him on the show, man. Oh, we did. Yeah, we just did. That was his spot on Rock Anyway, what did you have more to say on Prince? I'm sorry. I, I went no, off on no, a no. tangent. I was, I was about to make a joke. It was like, there's there's better songs than Asshole, isn't there? Oh, it, <laughs> Huh? Oh, I, it, oh, yes, yes. I was going to say they're better because I, I think... These are the songs that weren't good enough for asshole. <laughs> I got to say, because when you did, this is proof that I listen. When you did the Kiss solo album wrap-up, <laughs> yeah. like of the Family Tree solo album, oh, yeah. I, thought, I thought that that was the one I was like, you know what? If you dig deep enough on asshole, there actually are a couple mm-hmm. of quality tracks. Like the, the, the power trio of him, Bruce, and Eric... Uh, you know, like that was fun stuff to listen to. I thought, well recorded. I like, I, and probably already had been recorded for Psycho Circus. I guarantee yeah. you that. That's probably where those come from. Okay. Because I don't. I think they were recorded for Psycho Circus and not Carnival for sure. But you know, I like the Zappa track. I know that's that may be shock radio, but uh, yeah. Black Tongue. I, I love think Black is Tongue. Really fun. Yeah. So everything else is kind of like. Eh. Yeah, and I think it's proof that I do. I don't have like this. Like now, everything is bad. Filter. It's like that song stuck out to me. I was like, Yeah. Sweet Dirty Love was fun. And that that had the well, we've we've heard that before already. Yeah. But I will say, a well-produced Sweet and Dirty Love is nothing to sneeze at. So. Yeah. I like how Paul will guess. Gene will have Paul on, but Paul will never ask Gene to do anything. I don't want to. Yeah. 
And he finally showed up for a vault experience this year, didn't he? That yeah, after Eddie Trunk gave him shit. I'm yeah. pretty sure Eddie Trunk is the only reason he did it. I and, and, and Eddie Trunk talked about the, the fake Paul Stanley Twitter account on the SiriusXM show. Nice, nice. Oh, shit. I just yeah, broke my back. I ripped one, too. So. Where do we go from here, Joey? I'll tell you what. Let's do a couple more. Um, I'm not going to have you play it or anything. I had Renoff on and asked him what the worst Van Halen song was. And I had BJ on for the worst oh. Cheap Trick song. So... I don't know if you've ever gone on record on Cobras and Fire, but what are the top, let's say top three to five worst Kiss songs of all time off the top of your head? You know, a lot of it would be affected by how it's perceived versus how I hear it. Um, so a modern day Delilah gets at bonus points. I wouldn't say that's actually the worst song, but it it's not good. And people, when that came up, you're like, man, Kiss is back. I'm like, no, they're eight. So that probably gets penalized more than it deserves to be in my mind. Um, let me see. Different lyrics, that song's a lot Well, better. I'm going to just disqualify the Peter Chris solo album because it's not really Kiss. Uh, I like The Elder, um, so I'm not going to say anything bad there. Although, What's the worst song on The Elder? Just a Boy. Okay. All right. uh, or Fanfare. Does that, does that, that count? doesn't count. Okay. That's the same song. <laughs> or you actually, I, I, hate dark, I don't like Dark Light. Oh, oh. Yeah, see? Uh, uh, but I'd probably still pick Just a Boy. And you're a staunch supporter of the Elder, so, and you still don't like 85% of the Elder. That's fun to me. <laughs> I mean, I like two that. songs. Okay, so what else is, what rounds out your top five? All right, let's see what we got here. Um, my Way. Um, oh, okay. a, I, bang Bang You. Incorrect. Um, yeah. It's my wife. Cannot believe they played that on that tour. <laughs> Don't say read my body. I that gets too much hate. I think uh, it, it's not a great again, not a great song. But now it's the other way. You know, it's like now I'm like I'm being nicer to it because everybody just bashes on it. But it's so Same, fun. I, I, it's okay. It's I, so fun. I like that record as a whole. Okay. Um, and uh, that record does not get enough love either. Thank you. Uh, That's the only podcast I've been allowed to do the album thing on. Okay. And I was happy to do. It. Yeah, it's a good record, man. BJ uh, likes Hot in the Shade more than Revenge, by the way. I probably do, too. I don't know. I mean, uh, Song for song? Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Hot in the Shade could probably be trimmed down to 11 songs and it'd be a much better record. Great. But uh, Burn, Bitch, Burn gets a lot of hate, and I think that's a good song. Wow. Um, so that'd be another, but that's not where we're going here. Um, I don't know. Uh, shit. Whoa, what's that uh, Peter Chris a ballad on Finally Psycho Circus. Yes, there you go. That'll be good enough. That was a, that was ten points on Ski Ball right there. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll even say Beth. Fuck that song. <laughs> and for a band that's all about show and blowing things up, how come nobody said? How does anybody in that band not realize Beth is a stupid fucking encore song? That is a middle of the show song. You don't come out and go, "We're back, Beth." <laughs> it's just like. So, I don't know. I like it. I like Not it. Not enough? Okay. That's my rant on Kiss for right now. All right. So, you know, there's a lot of people here promoting stuff, but I like at the end of the day, it feels like they actually want to be here. Yeah. But you're kind of no different. Sure. You've got a new record out. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. We make bold our denied all later. You've, you've done every, you stumbled it every time yeah, yeah. all the shows. Well, it used to be one thing, you know. Yeah. Like, did you get a chance to hear it? 
No. Okay. I was going to ask you if you had a physical product because you know how I am. Right. No, I've had a few people. I probably should plan on that for next year because it only cost me like 70 bucks to do like 100 um, and I'm not looking to make money on it, so I can probably get rid of the hundred here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so maybe I'll, I'll think about that for next year. But no, we we made a hundred last yeah. one. I'll make an exception and stream it and uh, do whatever. I, I can send you the raw files on. if you want. I, Craig Smith asked for them, uh, so I gave them to him. What a cheap ass! I think he bought it too. No, he wanted it. The, like the, you can buy the MP3 if you want, like the waves on, on the raw waves. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give them to anybody. Honestly, if you're listening to this and you want the damn record, email me at jasonbakken at gmail.com. I'll fucking put a Dropbox link in your email. What song are you feeling off that right now? Man, um, I mean, you're gonna be nice enough to send it anyway, so I'm gonna play it sure. on my goddamn show. Fair enough. Um, let's play. Oh, Zagusto. All right. This is Jesus Chrysler with Zagusto off of the album Deny It All Later. Exclusive on Rock Strikes 10. Right on. I was trying to do your impression of me oh. doing an impression of me. You know, you know, you've never said anything, so I'm like, I wonder if he hates that. I know. Hey, man, it's all good. No, I figured as much, but, you know, he's, we've he's nothing... said my name. So yeah. It's... That, that's my, always my attitude. So. Now, outside of three sides in the coin, we only rip on people we love.
Everything you say, everything you do, don't you know it's all you for the fire? Everything you say, everything you do, don't you know it's all you for the fire? Joey back here. Uh, I just had a horrible handheld recorded interview with Ken Mills. It probably won't even be on this episode. I'm just saying that for prosperity reasons. But, but Ken, um, we love you. We do love you, Ken. Hey, Ken, it's Stephen Gregg. We've talked before. Hi, Ken. I can see you from here, but you, you, don't, <laughs> you don't know we're talking about you literally behind your back sure. because you're facing the other way. We're saying okay. nice things about you behind your back. Ken, okay. you're great. We love you. I've never met these gentlemen before, but they seem very nice, and I could see them at our table for like 15 minutes, and I'm like, huh. So I came over here to see what was doing. We were talking about the Smashing Pumpkins and metal. Yeah. Yes. So identify yourselves, and what do you do, and all that other jazz. Uh, so we are Greg and Steve. We're in a rock band called Lipstick. Uh, we do retro glam rock, and also we do a weekly podcast. 
called the Lipstick Panel, where every week we take an album and we rank the songs from best to worst with guest panelists. So we've had Mr. Ken Mills on our show. We've had Julian Gill, Chris Siznak. So basically, we are the epitome of rock and pod because we are doing rock and pod at the same time. All of the Kiss dudes that you see at this uh, at this event have probably been on our panel at one time, or will be like in the very near future. Right. So we you know uh, we do a lot of different stuff. We do Black Sabbath, Megadeth, video game soundtracks, but. We're going through the entire KISS catalog, because Kiss, because uh, Steve doesn't know the KISS catalog. I do not. And we're going through oh. the entire Smashing Pumpkins catalog, because I don't know the Smashing Pumpkins catalog. So we're going in order, both of us, and you get to hear our reactions and experiences to the albums. I have way more albums to listen to than Greg. Oh, yeah. But maybe not as many demos. I think it would be equaled out if you did hey, we are doing tracks. Yeah, our, our next episode is The Aeroplane Flies High. Yeah, so you know what? You can just stop <laughs> stop your bush like, oh, wait, I have to listen to more KISS. I'm doing The Aeroplane flies high you <laughs> asshole which I'm a fan of but uh, right, I have got that, some good stuff I have it's that good. box set it's good it's got it's, some good stuff it's like 80 songs deep I mean uh, yeah. true. we're not doing the special editions we're not doing like the 90 track version of oh, Adore but I have those why aren't you doing them come on <laughs> what kind of fan are you no I'm just kidding it's, it's, I, I realize newbie it's going to be a little hard <laughs> on both of you honestly I, I get it I know people that try with the Kiss Catalog and they come back and say, I just honestly can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, I tilt my head a bit, but, you know, at least they gave it a fucking chance, man. Because everybody, like Rollins says, everybody knows five Kiss songs, whether you love them or hate them. But it's next level to dive into any album top to bottom, especially with the brains we have nowadays and shit. Right. Like, who's even listening to full albums? You're buying them, but well, it's your fucking baseball card, isn't it? Listen to the whole thing. Open up. I don't care if it's an original or a 180 repress from this week. Listen to the goddamn thing from top to bottom. That's all I'm trying to say. Right. I like this. So I don't know whether they go Kiss or Smashing Pumpkins. I know a guy that was at the uh, Dodger Stadium show though, where that collided. So the Smashing Pumpkins opening for Kiss. Right. Halloween 1998. They were dressed as the Beatles. It yes. Was a Halloween thing. I, I I heard that's the first time I ever heard Cash Car Star because oh, yeah. that made that clip you see on YouTube with them playing that. That was on the Fox broadcast. Don't know why they put it on there and not a single, but I was happy to hear it because that song blew me the fuck away, and I'm like, wow, you went from a door to that. Okay, we're doing that. That's great. As far as Pumpkins albums that I'm just likely to put on and listen to all the way through, Machina 2 is near the top of the list. Oh, so you're you're doing that smile thing. You're like, uh, this album that hasn't been released officially ever Except by Wee's official bootlegging, by the way. Right. It's, Officially, it's, they it, shipped records to fans and it, said, put this on the internet. Except the bootlegging. We, I am still waiting for a physical, honestly, because there's only eight in existence as of this recording. <laughs> he'll do it. You know he'll do it. I'm even I'm even a pro wrestling guy. So Billy oh, yeah. Corgan is like, he's like kind of a he's Buddha to me. Yeah. Billy, I love pro wrestling and tea. <laughs> Send yeah. me your merch. Yeah, we're kind of a rock culture channel, you know. We have a pro wrestling show, right and, on. and a wheels off gnome format show. We and did do a Fozzie episode. Ah, nice. Yeah, see. That was a fun album. Yeah, I saw Fozzie this year. They were excellent. They're they're very good live. Nice. So, um, n- don't love all the albums, but I like enough songs. Let's go with that. So fair enough. 
Okay. Um, how deep? And so, I, I will be subscribing to this show because I'm really enjoying this. And back we got we got to have you on. That's what the trick right. is. Whatever you want to do, like that, I can talk about at least whatever you want to do. I mean, we need guests for all the pumpkins out, uh, all the pumpkins albums from Aeroplane on still. So. And all the, all the Kiss albums from uh, Lick It Up on. I'll tell you what, you're not going to have a problem getting people to show up for Siamese and melancholy. I'll do melancholy because that was my wall. We, we already did it. We already did melancholy but and Siamese. You want yeah, a motherfucker? Now. You want a motherfucker to talk Oceania? I am your god. Yes. <laughs> that's good because I'm not the guy to talk about Oceania. <laughs> that is, I think that's probably one of the gems of the decade so far. Right so, up there with Different Kind of Truth by Van Halen. I've, I've Interesting. Been re, I've been re-listening to Oceania and Monuments for an Elegy a lot recently just because I haven't given them a proper shake just because I yeah. was disappointed with all post-reunion pumpkins. And like, I'm really getting into Monuments. Monuments has stuck with me. It's but grown on me. Oceania, it's like... I saw the tour too, and that that fucking guy. Why is his name slipping my mind? But the drummer, that 18-year-old motherfucker that plays drums on that album, Tommy Lee. Yeah, the guy that the guy that Tommy benched for the monuments. Right. Um, God, and I don't. Billy probably doesn't even know his name anymore. But what I'm saying is that guy, competent drummer, really. I could play that to people that like. Oh, I fell off, and they would swear that was Jimmy on the album. That's how good he is on that record, and on and live. And they did Kisses Black Diamond on that tour when they played most cities, by yep. the way. There's their fun fact. And hey, I, we saw the Pumpkins on their most recent tour. They the killed shiny it. Shiny and also bright. That best was show of the year. That was, that was fantastic. One of the best shows I've ever seen. But I, I, I skipped ahead a little bit. I started listening further into the catalog than episodes we've done. So I had some spoilers. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm sure. loving the Pumpkins. They're a band I didn't give a fair shake, and I love them. They're great. Yeah, and like... I actually, I, I, I resisted for a long time. This, they were When I was in junior high, they started happening. Yeah. And uh, I remember even seeing their name in Rolling Stone going, I'm never going to listen to a band called that. Let's get the fuck out of here. So I read an interview with him like two years later, and he was like, I don't understand why we can't be the so-called alternative thing and also not put out albums that sound like Boston put them out or ELO. He goes, how dare you forgo production even in the 90s, man? Yeah. Figure it out. Cheap Trick, ELO, and I was like, okay, I will give you a shake, my friend, and that's all it took for me. The, the, the trick is, I heard Bullet with Butterfly Wings in high school, and I thought that song was terrible, but then just, I discovered so many great songs, like Tonight, Tonight, and right. Here Is No I, Why. I sat and, him down and said, listen to uh, Melancholy from the start, listen to the big, like, orchestral instrumental, and then Tonight, Tonight, and yeah, there you go. And hey, I got into it right away. Right. I, di- I didn't let my preconceived bias wreck it for me i i loved it and was like this is a great band i've completely changed my tune okay your first time guest i'm literally just meeting you guys for the first time <laughs> and I hey we just be... met you you're, you're a very powerful and attractive man you look Ooh. beautiful thank, thank you not gene simmons if, if you weren't happily married uh <laughs> you know maybe maybe just like i'm getting secondhand gene simmons rub off of me from hanging out with phil shouts I mean, there's literally a guy 10 feet from us that is dressed up like gene simmons cosplay That's true. i know yeah, him he's, he's rocking it yeah he's, he's that's he's, my buddy bob he's on he's on yeah, yeah. he's on um, okay, so I will be subscribing to your podcast. No bullshit. I am very intrigued. And I'm not subscribing to every show here. I'll tell you that goddamn no much. Shit. So it's going to happen. Um, Our podcast is like this, except, you know, in your headphones. Yes. As Baco says, sex in your ears. Yeah, yeah. Right. So <laughs> tell you what, I'm going to go generic. I'm sorry, I'm going to go generic here. Yeah, but go for it. Uh, we're going to do a block of two songs for my two new friends here. 
Uh, gun to your head, favorite album of all time, go. Jim Steinman, Bad for Good. All right, what song? Uh, fuck, favorite song off favorite of song? Bad for Good, eight minutes. Okay, is it eight minutes? Yeah, yeah it's pretty long. Okay, all right, that's fine, we can do that. All right, no cool. format, no format. All right, on. Uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. The transition from beer to bring the boys back home. Okay, I'll make an exception for Pink Floyd. <laughs> I'm because sorry. Because you're such a nice... And I did this last year, too. God damn it. Uh, also, alternatively, probably number two is uh, Spiritual Machines by Our Lady Peace. Pink Floyd coming up here at the end of the block. Uh, <laughs> Jim Stein. is hurt. It's okay. I love Canada. All right, thanks for coming on. Once again, plug your show one more time, please. Yes. So uh, we are we are Lipstick. Uh, find us at LipstickGeneration.com. Uh, we do original music and have a weekly podcast. So if you like Kiss, Thin Lizzy, Motley Crue, and Stars, we've been compared to all of those bands. So if you're into that, check out our music. And if you're not into that, check out our podcast and listen to us talk. Either way, check us out. Yeah, I've never heard your, your music, but... I'm at least listening to the podcast at this point. That's so. fair. If, if you like the Gene Simmons band and you think Phil Schaus is a good guitar player, he played on two of our songs. Nice. So if, you, if you're like, oh, I wish I could hear a recording of that guy on a regular basis, we're the, the band to look for. That wasn't a full name drop, but you hurt your big toe a little bit. <laughs> I, I dig it. I dig it. I'd brag about it, too. Do you know how many KISS podcasts are here? That's the thing I have to tell all of them. Like, by the way, Phil Schaus is on a record. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. It's like, hey, it's it. like, hey, I have to tell the KISS podcast that. Do you know how many people here are using the KISS font? <laughs> there, there is a song that he has played on that I actually do love. Probably sometimes silently, but the fact that he's played She's So European on a stage, oh, yeah, it's, it's very impressive to me, yeah. actually. Yeah. So. And, I, and I'll tell you this. Phil is the only guy I'm going to name drop today. There are other people I could name drop I'm not going to. I'm not going to be that lame. But yes, because there's so many KISS podcasters, I want them to subscribe, so I will name drop the shit out of that. No and worries. You know, what is more KISS? than capitalism and trying to get people to check out your stuff. Buy our action figures. Buy our action figures. <laughs> All right, Lipstick, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. us. All right, uh, sit back for the next 15 minutes and I'll see you soon. <laughs> Does anybody here remember Berlin? Remember how she said that
Think that I'll be bad for just a little while 
some thrills on a long frigid night For the good of the fire in your soul For the good of the kiss, let me hold you so tight For the good of getting out of control For the good of the action and a race in the dark For the good of those chills up your spine For the good of the rock and the roll in your heart For the good of what's yours and what's mine
Strikes 10, Nashville Rocket Pod Expo 2. Very, very special guest here. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce him right now before I do my long-winded personal history here. But Mr. Craig Gass, professional comedian, amazing talent. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, Mr. Gass. Holy shit, amazing talent. Man, this is going to go south quickly. Okay. <laughs> so, have you ever had that thing where you... Like, maybe back in the alarm clock days with the radio, I don't know how many people do that anymore because of iPhones. Yeah. But, like, you'd set it to radio usually, and you'd wake up and you'd be subconscious, like, okay, I, I'm waking up and I hear this song. I might have heard something in the news. Maybe I thought I dreamt it and turned out to be true. That happened to me a few times. I used to alarm clock to Stern all the time when he was on Terrestrial. Uh, I listened regular satellite, but the important part I is... I know where you're going with this. When I woke up, I think it was in the summer of 2000, and I I woke up and then I shot up because I'm like, oh my god, Sam Kennison faked his death. I knew you were gonna say that. Has it, people told you this? Like the people that were initially fooled without hearing you come in at the beginning and not knowing that this was not Sam Kennison. Not only were people fooled, an article was written in either the Chicago Sun-Times or the other Chicago paper um, that said, that questioned whether or not Sam Kinison had actually died because Sam has been appearing on the Howard Stern show and it's not, uh, it's not a, uh, an edit of his comedy specials. Um, it's, it's Sam talking about current events yeah. And did he die? And I remember Gary Delabate saying, "Hey, so this is great. So what, what we'll do is, uh, we'll just we won't give you any credit. We'll just we'll just keep pretending like it's Sam." And I was like, "Wait, I'm not going to get any credit? Like, wait a second. And what it was is, and this is so evil. I started working for Howard back in 1995, and I would come on <laughs> the first voice I ever did. I'm a voice guy. I've always been able to do any kind of voice that I hear." because of how I grew up. And I don't know if you know the story, uh, but my entire family is deaf. My mom, my dad, and my sister are all deaf. Growing up in a deaf family, I couldn't learn how to talk from my family. I learned how to talk by copying all the voices I heard on TV and never got an accent from the Bronx. And I could, I've could always had an ability to mimic any kind of voice that I hear. So it lent itself towards radio. And when I started doing Howard Stern, we did a piece that was so dark. Every time a huge asshole died, like someone that we could all agree, all right, that guy was an asshole. Like Jeffrey Dahmer was an asshole. And I, when they, when they died, I would be on the air the next morning broadcasting as Sam Kinison live from the gates of hell with the guy who just died. I go, hey guys, it's Sam Kinison. And I'm down here in hell with Jeffrey Dahmer. This guy's already looking at my ass like it's a T-ball. Oh, oh! <laughs> and people actually thought that it was Sam. So it, it really got to. I'm looking at you, and I, I get that chill. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of a lot of voice actors hate people looking at them when they do that, but not at all. I I, hope I have found when I do interviews as celebrities. The people interviewing me just look away, like I can't even look, like I just want to hear it in my headphones. And then that led to um, doing writing for the Howard Stern Show, it led to doing all these different characters. So I would take an impression and make it so fucking weird that 
Like like Al Pacino had twins and in 2001 and I started doing a character on the show called Al Pacino's Baby where we would do a regular segment where we go, "My god, you're you're Al Pacino's baby. What do you like to do for fun?" Uh I like to pee. You like to pee? I love to pee. My mother, uh, Beverly D'Angelo, whenever she changes my diapers, I give her a quick squirt right in the fucking face. Hoorah! And she likes it because she's a whore. It was terrible. The whole idea was terrible. And we started having more and more fun, and then I started sitting next to Howard. And then when I started sitting next to Howard, um, my life changed, and I ended up on Sex and the City and Law and & Order and then King of Queens and then all these years later doing voiceover stuff and it's been uh, um, I have Howard to thank for everything that's happened in my life and, and unlike a lot of your uh, contemporaries I don't think that they ever get calls to come to places like this <laughs> have you been answering that question all day or is this uh, <laughs> dude, dude is this one of those things where you go back and like guess where I've just been you know like no, it's always, I love doing stuff like this. Like every year, I always broadcast from the Super Bowl. Um, and I'll go to the Super Bowl Media Center. And I have tons of friends in radio who will say to me at the beginning of the week at the Super Bowl Media Center, nobody famous is there yet. And they'll say, hey, do you mind joining us as somebody famous so that we can pretend to be like, you know, hey, we got this star studded show already, even though it's only Monday. And the only remotely sports person that I can do a voice of is Tom Arnold who used to do a show called The Best Damn Sports Show period and I'll come on as Tom Arnold every year at the Super Bowl and go hey man uh, it's uh, it's been really great uh, I'm actually uh, uh, having a good time at the Super Bowl I was actually at a cocaine anonymous meeting last night with Brett Favre I probably shouldn't say this out loud but Brett's got a bad coke problem and uh, uh, actually uh, uh, Bob Costas is his sponsor Bob's addicted to upskirt porn and, and again I shouldn't say that out loud but Bob's got a big problem jerking off and, uh, and, and every year people will send hate tweets to Tom Arnold and go, hey, asshole, it's supposed to be anonymous. You're not supposed to expose people. And Tom will fight with everybody every year and go, did you notice that uh, fucking Sam Kinison was there and he's been dead for 20 years, you fucking idiot? That's a comedian doing an impression, you fucking moron. And he, he fights with me over it, It's amazing. It's glorious. It happens every fucking year. And that, I love it. That, that's where you need to thank the internet for existing. Things like that. If anything else, that's what we got. So. Yeah, they've always been um, my friends that have let me do that. Um, I love, I love doing radio because I love fucking with people. So it's always fun for me to get. I've been doing radio as long as I've been doing stand up for 25 years. So it's fun for me to do it. Yeah. I want to really honestly, those those are my favorite radio memories. Everything from the early 2000s on Stern, and it's just a pleasure to have you here on the show. I'm gushing, but dude, it was, I was I'm excited to be here. Uh, I already have run into a bunch of old friends, and we're doing a big show at the um, at Zany's tomorrow night. Um, and a lot of I cannot believe how many people I know have hit me up to come to the show. There's so many musicians, and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't know that guy lives here. I know that guy lives here. It's a so, crazy area. Yeah. Every time I do a show in Hollywood at the Comedy Store. It's always a, a who's who of, of rock star dudes in my audience. And, and the same thing's going to happen on Sunday here in Nashville. i got so many rock dudes coming out to my show because they all live here in Nashville. So I'm pretty excited about it. Well, I, when I have 
people of note on the show, which is rare. But when I have them on, we usually do a desert island list. We don't have time to do 10. Maybe in the future we can have you back. But I'm curious, what is your favorite rock and roll album or hard rock album or whatever? What's your favorite album of all time, Craig? I, I can't say one. I can only tell you that my top three... Okay, go ahead, yeah. Uh, top three artists, and I can't say albums, because I, I will tell you my top three artists sure, sure. of all time, okay. which will show you just how eclectic I am, are Billy Joel, Korn, and the Beastie Boys. Nice. Those are my three all-time favorite artists. What do you want them to pick, a Beastie Boys track or a Billy Joel track? Billy Joel. Or, Billy Joel? Or, or, oh, how yeah. about, how, no, no, I got it, I've got it. Let's play, and then usually, I'm sorry that I'm going to pull Craig's request here. How about we do the Beastie Boys with Bismarcky doing Billy Joel's Big Shot. I love right that! Here on Rock Strikes 10. Craig Gass, thank you so much for coming on. This is Gene Simmons from KISS, and if you missed any part of this interview, go to KISSonline.com and download the interview for $39.95. Boom. We're going to do a song dedicated and written by Billy Joel because he had to unfortunately cancel his tour with Aww. Elton John and we know you're very disappointed. Aww. This song is called Big Shot. Well, they were all impressed with the whole team trust. Yes, some people got to do every ledge. Well, the story of your latest success. Yes, I saw it in the Well, you had to be a B-Shot D-Jump. I had to turn my body out. Had to be a B-Shot D-Jump. Had to open up your mouth. Had to be a B-Shot D-Jump. Always got the piece of crown. Last night, oh, 
That's mine. That's I was like making sure that was yours. That's what's left of that's what's left of mine. I have good reflexes, so just in case, yeah. Yeah. Are we good? All right. Okay. I'm take. I took a deep breath just now. We're at Nashville Rock and Pod Expo too. We're with, in my opinion, the guest of honor uh, at this, and, and not just today. That's the important thing: is that this guy is all in with whatever he does. Like this, this is one of those guys that you look up to. Sets the goals, achieves it, the whole thing. We have an amazing guest here, Mr. Ron Keel. Great to be on the show. I love that introduction. Thank you for that. I'm going to run a song called "All In." What a great song title! My radar is always on, and that is, yeah. if, if I could describe myself in two words, that's it. All in, man. Uh, we're, we're really proud to be here, and really appreciate what you guys are doing with the podcast and bringing artists like myself to the fans and the media. Yeah. Can I get a little special thanks? You don't have to give me uh, any kind of credit other than that. I just want to be in the liner notes. Okay. All right, so... Well, you can't trademark or copyright a song title. No, no, I know. I just want a special <laughs> thing. I just want to thank the little, the little small name. Special the lyrical contribution yeah. by. All right, we got, we got this. Okay, so I'm going to make this about me for a second to get to you. Um, oh, that's I a song right... Uh, it's about me to get to you. That's a song title right there. My radar is about... Songwriting 101. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Donovan's coming up in a second. No. Um, so... I didn't have MTV until 1987. I was the, that unpopular kid on the block that didn't get cable. Finally broke my mom down enough to get cable right at the end of the summer of 1987. And I was the most excited to be like, okay, I knew how to set the VCR timer. Nobody else in my house knew how to do it. I set it for the ball and I get up bright and early on a Sunday morning with nothing else to do and then I hit play, the intro happened, and I see Ron Keel is gonna be hosting for the next two hours. I'm like, all right, here we go. Ron so, Keel took you to church on Sunday morning, brother. You are, church of rock and roll. Yes. <laughs> you, so you were like my gateway to Headbangers Ball. Wow. I don't know if a lot of people can say that, but that was my first episode of it, and I, I had it on tape. I never recorded over it. It's wore out now. I still have the tape, though, but anyway. I just that was my personal thing. I want to thank you for that. And then that's another reason why somebody's waiting is probably always gonna be my favorite kill song. That's a perfect hard rock song if I've ever heard one. I don't know. You're probably sick of it by now, however. No, I love the song. No, I'm really, really proud of that that and uh, unfortunately it was the only single off that album. If we'd have had a couple of follow-ups, who knows what what could have happened, but that was if you're gonna release one single off that record, that was a good choice for the first one. Yeah, that's one of those things I would honestly put on a one CD mix of people that just don't get it and don't get that era. Yeah, that's probably track one, honestly. I, I, Thank I'm you not for just that. saying that. So, um, also, uh, personal self, I really, I never stopped being a decent fan. I never sold off the records. I kept everything, but. You really brought it back with, uh, you know, just how nice you are to the podcast community, how decent you've been, especially my friend Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. Yeah. I know that uh, you guys had a nice powwow out in Atlanta this year, and I've heard you always go on the show, and I could just tell you're just one of those guys that no matter how much we look up to you, within a minute, it's like, known you for years. I appreciate that. that. You know, Mark Striegel's one of those guys who, when I, quote, went country, unquote, he was on VH1 and MTV. I remember that. Well, what the hell is this guy doing? Does it? I think all of his contributions to metal aren't valid because he's 
sold out or whatever. And to win him over, if I can win Mark Striegel over after all these years, he gets it now. And yeah. I think a lot of the fans do. Yeah. That uh, music is just, it's an art form, it's expression. I grew up in a time and a place where there was no prejudice. You didn't have to be a fan of any one style. You could listen to jazz, blues, Motown, rock, Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, the Eagles. And it was all just great music and built around the songs and the stories that we told. So I never had that prejudice. It, uh, I love metal. I love the, the electricity, the excitement, the energy, the power. But I also love to tell stories and sing songs about real life and real love. And uh, I've been able to do both with my Metal Cowboy release and the new Ron Keel Band album coming out in January. Can't wait to play that on my show, actually. Thank you. I've got two geeky music questions for you, because I can tell you're still a, a fan at heart. I, Why else would you be in a rock We are all school? fans, man. We have that in common. We're all fans of the music. Just because I make music doesn't mean I'm not a fan. I uh, really respect and appreciate what you guys are doing with the podcast community, and I'm really glad to be a part of it. But yeah, I'm a fan first. I, I have to be entertained. As an entertainer at heart, I have to replenish my... Uh, spiritual battery so to speak with entertainment whether it's sports movies podcasts i have to be entertained as well so i'm a fan of all that stuff uh my fellow artists and other bands and concerts i'll be the first guy in the front row with your fist in the air rocking out singing along nice okay so three rapid fires and i'll let all you right. go uh first concert that's an easy one right first concert. kiss tarrant county convention center d uh destroyer tour uh, detroit rock city 1979 who opened no. Sticks. Wow, there you go. Yeah. Wow, that's a show. It was 79, had to be earlier than that. Changed your life, right? Yeah, I did. Well, it did. Yeah. It did, yeah. Um, My first concert was actually the first concert that I ever played because <laughs> I was playing concerts long before I was old enough to go to concerts. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's craziness, man. That's craziness. As a respected songwriter, at least I, I believe you to be so. Thank you. What's that one song you wish you wrote? See, I went softball to hardball on you. My, like it almost makes you mad. You love it, but you almost hate it. Well, my favorite song of all time is Scorpions, The Best Is Yet To Come. That, to me, I mean, if there's one song that I could have written, what a, I, I play that at the end of my radio show. Every Friday when I sign off on the, on the air, that's the last song I play every Friday afternoon. It's my favorite song of all time. If I had to pick one that I had written, it would be Scorpions. The best is yet to come. And I really believe that message. If we die tomorrow, the best is still yet to come. That song actually does have a special meaning with us, too. So Cool. It was, that was kind of our first slow dance, believe it or not. Wow. Not even kidding about that. So oh, yeah. I, I've never revealed that on the show, but... Uh, yeah, I, I'm just proud to have a favorite song because I'm a fan of all music and all genres, but I, I can easily and confidently pick that one as my favorite song of all time. I was going to ask you something else, but let's just end on that. Let's just end on that. If you don't mind me stealing your gimmick for five minutes, I'd like to play that to play you out. Absolutely. So, uh, singing the Tale, Scorpions, Best is Yet to Come. Ron Keel, thank you so much for coming on Rock Trek's Sin. It's my pleasure. Let's do it again. the desert plains where nothing danced to grow 
taught you how to sing She taught me everything I know And though the night is young And we don't know if we live to see the sun The best is yet to come That we've only just begun Through the highs and lows And how can I live without you? You're such a part of me And you've always been the one Keeping me forever young And the best is yet to come Hey, hey, oh Don't look now The best is yet to come
Hey, it's your friend Joey here, and if you're still listening to this after two hours, then you are truly a friend of mine. I just wanted to pop in and thank you for listening to this episode. All two hours of it was very epic, and once again, had a blast. A big, massive shout-out to Chris Senzak, especially for organizing the Nashville Rockin' Pod Expo 2. I'm sure many sleepless nights, many crazy hours of organizing, but I gotta say, man, I hope it felt worth it to you because... It is. It was just awesome. It's one of the highlights of the year for sure. And, you know, if it didn't come across on the audio how much I had a blast, then I don't know what to tell you. But uh, let's just recap the songs real quick, give some proper credit, and thanks again to our special guest today. We started off with Angel with Wild and Hot from Sinful, 1979. Go get that record. It's a lot of fun. And then uh, we talked to our friend Greg Renoff, always fun. And he picked the Bullet Boys from their self-titled 1988 record, the song called Shoot the Preacher Down. Very Van Halen-esque, produced by Ted Templeman. That might be important later on. Maybe next time we talk to Greg. A little tease there. And uh, then we went into John Lamorell, the Hustle podcast. Uh, a guy that I had a couple of interactions with during there. And I gotta say, listening to the audio of that... Um, it really sounded like I just kicked John out of the booth uh, after really not wrapping it up properly. I will say we got to talking uh, during the day, and we also made a co-appearance on the Pods and Sods Network. So uh, to continue Pumpkin's Gate, if you want to go listen to that, Pods and Sods has an excellent four-hour epic wrap-up of the expo as well, so I'm on there. Got a little bamboozled, but uh, my inner Howard Stern fan definitely rolled with this quote-unquote feud. Um, but it's all good now, just to let you know. I, I really did mean to have John back on the show, but like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, it's crazy, crazy, crazy being in the uh, the eye of the hurricane there. Uh, but yeah, no hard feelings. John's a, a pretty decent guy from what I can tell. So uh, speaking of decent guys... An overtly decent guy, the great Baco of Cobras and Fire. We played his band, Jesus Chrysler, a song called Zagusto, which is the closing track of his latest album called Deny It All Later from 2018. Yes, the newest song we played here on this episode. Then we go into the boys from Lipstick. Super cool guys, man. They were fun, I gotta say. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, on, on the front you look at these guys like, man, they're really young, but, man, they have a really good rock and roll brain. And I enjoyed uh, picking at it for the time that we had there. And uh, let's see, we got two picks from them. Pink Floyd, uh, tra- I, I call it one track, because it really is just like one track, even though it's two separate tracks. But I'm counting it as one song with Vera and Bring the Boys Home. Not bad, actually, not bad. I may listen to the wall top to bottom at some point in my life. I kid, I already did after Pete picked it on his Desert Island episode, so I'm just kidding. I have heard the wall top to bottom. I own it, actually. And then the second pick from the Lipstick Boys uh, was Jim Steinman, Meatloaf's longtime suffering collaborator with Bad For Good, the title track from his record from 1981. And then with the multi-talented and super fun Craig Gass, G-A-S-S, go buy his stuff, go follow him and, and go check out clips of him. He's just... As you could tell, the funniest, the loudest, yet the funniest. Um, <laughs> I, I know that Craig's used to going onto radio shows where they have like super professional mics and engineers and compression and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, you know, I apologize for the uh, audio. That's on me. That's not on them. He was a great guest, and those impressions were just knockouts. I mean, come on. 
I got, quote, Sam Kennison to do an ID for the show. That's everything. Worth the trip just for that one moment right there. So, yeah, and uh, to, to his surprise, uh, not Bismarck Key, as I said up front, but I did find a live version of the Beastie Boys covering Billy Joel's Big Shot from some bootleg from probably around the Ill Communication Tour, probably about 94, 95, something like that. So, Craig, if you're listening, I hope you enjoyed that, especially if you heard it for the first time. That led into the last segment. We kicked it off with Somebody's Waiting by Keel, of course, Ron Keel's band, uh, from their self-titled album from 1987. The first Keel song I ever heard, and still my favorite. It's a perfect hard rock metal song. And I meant everything that I said about that song and anything I said about Ron. Ron's a really solid guy. And what a solid choice to close out the show with a song that he closes his radio show off with, as he mentioned, Scorpions. Best is yet to come from 2010's Sting in the Tail. That is a gorgeous, beautiful, epic song. I love it. What a great idea. Main event was truly the main event here on the show, as uh, as part one, as part two will be. Uh, I really haven't been super bragging about it, but I've been wanting to brag about the most. Just kind of waiting until the, the show drops here. So get ready for part two. I have an impromptu meeting with one of my favorite bands in the world. You gotta check it out. Until then, go to cnjradio.com for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10, all 311 of them on cnjradio.com. All of the episodes are not on iTunes and uh, or any other site. They are strictly on cnjradio.com. But please subscribe and leave a star rating and review on iTunes, of course. You can definitely use it. And please leave a review on Podchaser as well. You can even review individual episodes on Podchaser. That's the cool thing about that one. And uh, maybe if I check in from time to time, that might gauge on how the show goes from here on out. While you're on cnjradio.com, stick around for the Synaptic Empire Radio, hosted by my friend Randy Brown, and an extra special thanks to him again for manning the boards on this episode. Uh, Check out the Synaptic Empire Radio. His National Rock and Pot Expo will be coming up pretty much a day after this one, so stick around for that. Of course, all the other shows on cnjradio.com. The flagship The Wrestling House Show with me and my brother Chris, who should be at next year's expo. And also there's a, a show called Last Theater on the Left that we do with new episodes coming soon. And I, I know I said this at the top of the show, but once again, extra special thanks to my better half, Nola. Couldn't have done it without you, and I mean that. That's for real. And uh, last but not least, before we get out of here, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Space Spirit for the awesome outro. We play it on every episode. I think you're going to enjoy it for you first-time listeners. See if you get the reference. Go to facebook.com slash band. Purchase their latest album, Gone. And tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. Maybe we can get them all to come up next year at the Expo. Stick around for part two. It'll be out in just a matter of days. It's going to be a great one. Unforgettable. Till then, have fun. <laughs>